Bro, thank you so much for preaching for us um, today and just sharing uh, your message with us. Obviously, after this interview, we'll, we'll hear you preach um, um, shortly. But we just wanted to, yeah, get to interview you so those who don't know you and are not familiar with you um, can just get to hear uh, the guy behind the sermon. Who Who is he? What is he about? What is he doing here? Um, so for those who don't know you, bro, uh, who are you? What's your name? Just tell us a bit about your family um, and where you grew up. And and if you could tell us uh, what was your favorite subject at school and which one you hated the most. <laughs> cool, man. So my name is Jabu, um, Jabulani in full. My surname is Myberg. Uh, that's a bit confusing. Uh, but my grand my grandfather was an Afrikaans man. Um, I'm Kosa, so uh, my mom is like full blown yellow bone, Kora to white. Um, I don't know what happened to me. My pops ever touched me complexion, dude. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I grew up. I grew up in Hillbro. I uh, grew up with uh, mostly throughout high school. It's just my mom um, and my brother. Um, but then my pops was around. He used to pay school fees and occasionally rent, but he didn't really stay with us um, until 2011. Um, he started sleeping over more often, and then 2012. He moved in with us again, um, and then he got us a new place in Springs. So we moved out of Hilbert and we lived in Springs. Uh, from there, man, uh, after high school, I went to do a one-year gap year program um, just to, in my mind, firm myself in biblical, in biblical knowledge. I didn't want to be a pastor. Um, I just yeah. wanted to be this cool guy at Varsity who's got a firm biblical knowledge, um, protected as well from the vibes there because, I mean, I was a party boy in high school, so I wanted to just have a firm foundation. Um, and then God, God turned that one year into a, three, a three-year Bible college full degree. Um, I worked wow. for a, mission, a youth mission organization for about four years. And then I now moved to the 012, Capital City. Hey, you sold out, bro. <laughs> so now, yeah, I'm pastoring here at Central Baptist Church. Uh, I'm married to an amazing woman named Tobila. In fact, she's the best wife in the world. Um, hey, don't let uh, God hear yeah. you say that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bar, bar, bar. Um, yo, favorite subject, I love geography. Um, I love geography and English. Uh, yeah. I hated accounting. I hated it so much that I dropped it in grade 10 um, and, and swapped it out for geography. Um, in grade 11, and I started excelling then. Yeah, your accounting was dropping. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it was destroying you, bro. It was not my portion. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 wish, I wish I had Matt's lip, bro. I cause pure Matt's really? destroyed life. <laughs> Especially in matric. Like, I, I was yeah. fine. I was, I was killing it, like, from from grade four right up until like grade 11. In fact, in grade 11, grade 10, grade 11, I killed it, bro. Yo, matric, I don't know what happened. I destroyed my life. <laughs> Maybe you started seeing life in grade 12, man. And you're starting to see life. You're starting yeah, to become a little bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> I killed me, bro, sure. But, but speaking about killing, bro, um, your old self was killed 
um, and God gave you new self, new creation, new creature in him. Um, how did that happen? How did you meet Jesus? How did you, yeah, what was, what was happening around that time, bro? Yeah, man. So, um, like, like I alluded to, um, I grew up in Hillbro. Um, so, I mean, I was, I was protected a lot by everything that was happening around me. If you know, Hillbro prostitution, party life, um, you know, gangsterism type vibes. Um, mm. so I was protected by that because we lived in a flat. Um, but then my mom worked night shift. So it was sort of inevitable, um, that we would, you know, start, you know, sneaking around and doing some crazy stuff. So, so the, the, the party bug eventually caught us. Uh, we started experimenting with drugs. Um, you know, playing around with uh, just things we shouldn't have been doing. Um, and then, but the crazy thing was we still went to church. Uh, crazy story is Saturdays, we were at the wish doctor with my mom. And then on Sunday, we were at church again. Uh, so growing up, I was like a proper confused young man. Uh, who do I worship? Because Saturday nights, Mkomboti is there. I'm um, praying to my, my grandma, my granddad. Um, and then on Sunday mornings, we are, we are worshiping this God. Um, so we did church for a bit, um, but then I was never told about my sin. Um, and I thought I was a good kid because, you know, I listened to my mom. I, I paid attention to the rules at school. I was a good kid at school before grade nine when I, I started experimenting with all this stuff. Um, so what happened is I then got invited to an independent Baptist church back in Hillbro. And for the first time, I heard the pastor who was preaching about the penalty of sin. Um, yeah. And he was just talking about how, you know, we, we are all born with a sin nature. We're all born enemies of God. And because of our sin, uh, we are to spend eternity in hell. And I was just like, what? I mean, I'm this good kid who does everything right. How is this chief that going to tell me uh, that I'm a sinner? Um, and then he went on to speak about good works as well and how like all the good that I do is as filthy rags because uh, in, in the eyes of God, it will never, it will never please him for my sin. And I yeah. was just like, think like, what is going on here? Um, so that was for the first time I was exposed to my sin. Um, I was exposed to the penalty of my sin. Um, and then praise the Lord. He also um, exposed me to Jesus and how, um, it is only through faith in Jesus Christ um, that, that I can be forgiven of all my sin. And that's when I placed my trust in Jesus Christ. I mean, it wasn't easy because uh, I had to go back home and, and still negotiate with my mom to, you know, move out of the Saturday arrangements to going to the witch doctors. And um, we had a loyalty as well um, to our church back then. And, but the, it wasn't teaching truth. Um, so yeah. there was this great tension in our hearts where Friday nights we're getting truth bombs, but then on Sunday, ish, it's not really working out. Um, yeah. But no, praise yeah. the Lord. He gave me courage to speak to my mom and said, look, Sundays we can't go to the church anymore. We have to switch churches because we believe that here we're receiving truth. Um, and then I started seeing fruits in my life, man. I started seeing myself wanting to stand more for God, uh, wanting to even, I, I saw God even convicting me every time, every time I was living the party life. Um, and I, and as, as the Lord was convicting me, I saw him transforming me. Um, and I was starting to put to death, to kill all the deeds of the flesh. And I was starting to chase after righteousness, man. So um, it was in that process where I was then able to tell my mom as well that um, we can't do ancestral worship anymore uh, because it's in direct conflict with our relationship with God and with my worship to God. And 
and that's when you know even my relationship with with, with my mom um, started to change as she saw that there's something different in this young man where uh, God is doing something special in his life. So that was the big big transition, big change, and I haven't looked back since, bro. Sure, that's dope, bro. Praise the Lord for that, man. Yay. That's a story, bro. Sheesh, man. Praise the Lord indeed for that, Doug. Um, and just in light of that, bro, what else can we pray for you? Um, yeah, man, please pray, pray for us. Um, uh, you know, lo- lo- lockdown was, hasn't been easy in terms of reaching the youth. Yeah. Uh, you know, data, of course. Data, child, <laughs> that is an issue. Uh, so that's been difficult. Um, and I mean, we have kids, uh, as I've said, we have some teams from Sunnyside and Acadia. Um, so, you know, video calls are not really uh, uh, possible. It's, it's, it's not really a reality for them. So, yeah, I mean, just pray for, for me my heart that I keep believing God to be doing the work, um, that I stay faithful, um, that I don't get discouraged to the point where I feel like I'm not doing enough, but I trust that, you know, God is, God is at work, God is reaching them. Um, and as well, please keep praying for our family as well. Uh, pray mm-hmm. for my wife, Tobile. She's teaching online. Um, and one of, the, w- w- one of the people she couples with tested positive for the road. Um, sure. So just just keep us in your prayers as well. Um, yeah. We both fine, um, but we are just trying to stay stay indoors. Um, hopefully for the next few weeks, um, and hopefully we won't come up with any symptoms. So yeah, just be sure. praying for us in that regard, bro. All right, man. Let me let me pray for us, bro. Cool. Thank. Thank you. Well, thank you uh, for thank you for his love. Uh, thank you for. Uh, the gospel and how it shaped him and brought him to uh, your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that you are God working throughout history. Um, Holy Spirit, you've been ministering the gospel uh, to many hard hearts, hearts that were rebelling against you, shaking their fists in the face, but Lord, you brought them to their knees, surrendered them, humbled them, gave them life, um, and Father, given them new identity. Thank you so much that you do that even to us today um, as Jabu is going to preach for us later on Lord we thank you that you use the words that are going to speak your word your truth from your scripture uh, to reach some hard hearts Lord some people who are still shaking their fists in your face uh, you would save them and bring them to yourself Lord and what we do think of Jabu and how lockdown has affected all of that we pray for encouragement for him Pray, Father, that he may continue looking to us and praying for his students, praying for his teens, um, and however, Lord, he can still stay in contact with them, Lord, that you may make that possible so that the relationship is still discipleship is still going, Lord, which is a very important point that was raised in our conversation. We pray, Father, that you may help him to continue discipling and leading those teens. Him and his wife, Toby, Pray, Father, that they may uh, continue just being strong, loving you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just the positive for Corona, Lord. We pray that you may heal them and help them through uh, this situation. And uh, we do pray, Father, for everyone else, Lord, who is affected uh, and infected by Corona, that you may help them, Lord, and uh, comfort them and uh, guide them through this, Lord. We do pray for all of these things in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. 
Hey, hello, 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 hello. So excited for yet another opportunity uh, for me to pull through and share God's word with you all. Um, sad that I can't see you, um, but I'm glad that we can just meet like this, that God has provided this cool technology um, for us to be able to sit together under God's word and just hear what he has prepared for us. I trust that God's word will be an encouragement and a blessing to you. I trust that his word will be as that two-edged sword uh, that cuts uh, both my heart and yours as we as we go through the scriptures and, and try to apply what God has prepared for us. Today I'll be talking about a, a call for courage. But as I was preparing this, I realized that, man, things have escalated to the point where we're no longer calling for courage, but we're at a place where we are now crying for courage. There's an urgent cry for Christians to be courageous. Why? Because the streets are a mess and you know it. Listen to these stats. 58 people are murdered every day. Of the 58 people who were murdered, there was a 42-year-old lady whose body was found mutilated. Another lady was a lady that you might know, Tsekho who made social media, who was heavily, heavily pregnant when her mutilated body was found hanging from a tree. But listen to the stats again. The police have recorded that 41,583 rape cases happened last year. This means an average of 114 people were raped every day. I want you to know that these are only the ones that were recorded. I'm sure you're familiar with the thread. I was 10. He was my uncle. I was 9. She was the lady next door. And another person said, I was 5. I was 6. I was 7. I was 8. I was 9. In fact, I don't even know at what point did I lose my virginity. Again, 444 people were victims of, of assault every day. 384 robberies happened with aggression every day. So it's either there was a weapon that was involved or there was violence that ensued. 61 households are broken into every day with the people in the house. And friends, this is only 59% of the ones that are reported to the police. 605 houses are robbed with people not at home. And again, only 48% made it to the police. Gents, the streets are a mess and we know it. South Africa right now has about 150,000 people who have been tested positive for COVID-19. By the time you watch this video, the numbers would be more. Of the two of the hundred and fifty thousand people, there's about two point five thousand people who have died. You see, we hear these numbers every day, and we get to a place where these are just statistics, my friends. These are not just numbers, these are actual people. These are actual people who are dying with regards to the to, to this virus. During the lockdown, 49 cases were reported of police brutality in South Africa. Again, these are only the ones that were reported. How much more worked? Can I tell you something? We were ranked number four in the world. And lastly, a man was killed when he had a police officer's neck, his knee on his neck as he cried, I can't breathe. 
Friends, the streets are a mess and you know it. So why am I giving you these stats? Why am I spending so much time giving you stats that you can go and search for yourself, that you can read on Twitter, that you can Google for yourself? Why? Because I am challenging us today that Christians, we need to be courageous. All these things happening around us should stir us to wake up to see that the world needs Christ and you are his ambassador. To you who does not know Christ, I, I have to start with a strong statement, but, but don't switch off your device yet because there is hope. But the strong statement that I want to start with is if you don't know Christ, if you have rejected God, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then I want to say that there's absolutely nothing that is stopping you from being a statistic. There's absolutely nothing that is stopping you from being one of the perpetrators in the statistics that I read above. Nothing. You are under the lordship of sin. You're a slave to sin. So as I prepared this talk, I remembered a scene from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And let's just watch that video together. What's it going to be like tomorrow, honey? <laughs> what am I, psychic? <laughs> oh, please, let me get it this time. Boy, oh boy, Jeffrey, what a character. You see, Jeffrey reminds me of how, how we are as Christians sometimes. We look at everything that's happening around and we forget that, snap, it's our job to be light in this dying and darkened world. You see, the truth is, friends, that things are only getting worse. Many people are crying out for answers. Many people are looking and searching for hope and for peace in something, in someone, somewhere, and they're not finding it. But you, my friend, as a Christian, you have the hope. You have the peace in Jesus Christ. And God has kept you on this earth for the very purpose that we are to go out there and proclaim Jesus to the nations. But unfortunately, we respond like Jeffrey. We hear the alarm. We, we hear the doorbell. We hear people questioning. And, and, and we act like, man, someone else has to do it. Someone else has to share the gospel. Someone else has to, has to talk to the world about Jesus being alive, about Jesus being the hope of nations. But friends, today I'm here to, to say we need to be courageous. It has to be you. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 14. That is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to verse 14. And I'll read it for us. It reads, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it, is a sh for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when everything is exposed by light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, we pray that even as we go through your word today, 
that God, you would just illuminate our hearts, Lord, to, to hear your words and help us, Lord, to understand them to the point where, God, we can apply them. Father, may I be a vessel in the hands of the Redeemer, Lord. I pray that you would use me to speak clearly, use me to stay, to stay close to the truth, to hold tightly to sound doctrine. And Lord, where I, where I am in error, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me not say any of those things and protect my lips by your Spirit, Lord, from speaking error and protect me, Lord, for, from having my own agenda and help me, God, to speak solely the words of truth. And Lord, may these words go and impact the hearts of those who believe. But God, I also pray for those who don't believe. Lord, I pray that if there's someone watching this who doesn't believe in you, I pray, Lord, that you'd use this message, that by your spirit, you'd convict them by your word and help them to come to you, come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, won't you guide us, protect us in this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first thing I want us to look at is what is Paul saying? If you are a note taker, um, I'm just going to be using the, the verses um, as our outline. And the first one is, for you were once darkness, but now you are light. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that, hey, if you are a Christian, there was a point in time in your life where you were dead in sin. There was, if, if, if you were a Christian, there, there was a time where, where before you trusted in Jesus Christ, you were considered a fool, as the Bible says in Psalm 14, because you had said in your heart that there is no God. At that point in time in your life, you thought that it was okay, it was cool, it was alright to go sleeping around and having premarital sex with anyone you dated because it was cool or because it was mandatory. Because you had the idea that love is sealed with sex. You see, your mouth was filthy. Vulgar language was, was, was something you were accustomed to. In fact, your mouth was as filthy as an all-star that's used to play street soccer. You thought fighting with your fists proves that you are strong and you are indeed no pushover. And for you, it's violence over, over disrespect any day. You see, you lived, uh, you, you lived for underage drinking. You lived to experiment with all sorts of drugs. You, you disrespected your parents. You lived to watch pornography and that was okay. In fact, maybe you're even the gossip monger of your community. People know you as the real Goboza. But maybe again, even, even at that time, you found Black Twitter entertaining. In fact, you had your own account where you would contribute with the hashtags SpanBanMas4. But you see, friends, what the Bible tells us is that you are born with a virus that is more lethal than the coronavirus. It's called the sin virus. The Bible says that you were born a sinner. It's a virus that has no cure on this earth. It is highly contagious and its end is death. Guaranteed. It's a terminal disease. So friends, that's why God had to intervene because the only cure could not come from this earth. The only cure for sin is Jesus. Why? Because all sins are in fact sin against God, the creator, the supreme being. So the only way that he can forgive us for sin is if a perfect sacrifice is given whose blood is pure. 
because everything on this earth is tainted with sin, nothing meets that criteria. So that's why God himself is the only one who can meet that criteria. So that's why he would send his only son, Jesus Christ, who would come in flesh, born of a virgin. He would suffer much on the cross for you. He was murdered. He, would, he suffered the greatest injustice because even Pontius Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. And yet he still sent him to be crucified. Jesus was mocked, he was ridiculed, he had his beard pulled, they spat on his face, they blindfolded his eyes and slapped him around and said, if you were God, guess who beat you? They stripped him naked as he walked the whole town. He suffered all this for you. Eventually he died on the cross. But on the third day he rose and it's through his death that we have life. It is through his death on the cross. If you believe in Jesus Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, that he, done all, that he has done all of that for you, a sinner, the Bible says, then you will be saved. From his death you get life, life eternal. And Paul goes on to say in our verse that, but, but now, because you believe in Jesus, you are light in the Lord. So therefore, live as children of light. You see, our conversion, when we come to Christ, it does not just merely, uh, uh, it, it doesn't just merely involve a transference from the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. But it also involves a transformation. You have a completely new identity. Our kingdom inclinations, our kingdom leaning is that we're no longer leaning to the kingdom of darkness, but we're not leaning to the kingdom of light. Our loyalty is no longer to this world or to ourselves, but our loyalty is now to Christ because we have been saved and redeemed and bought with the price. So you see, friends, what Paul is saying is that, man, if you want to make a difference, then you need to be different in this world. Using biblical language, he says, if you want to be different, then you need to be holy. You need to be set apart. You need to be separate from this world in order to be a shining light for Christ. Friends, the only way you will be different is if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. It's if you have the Spirit of God who gives you new life. But if you reject this, if you reject Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for you, if you refuse to believe that he is God who died to save you from your sins and reconcile you back to God, that in fact, I want you to know that what you are saying is, Jesus, I don't need your sacrifice. Jesus, I will represent myself before God when I die. Jesus, I can take my own punishment for sins because I back me. I can face God myself. And the truth is, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you will face God. But you will face Him as judge. You will face the God who hates sin, the God who is just, the God who is holy. And He will give you exactly what you deserve. That is punishment for your sins. You will pay for them for eternity in hell justly. But if you are a Christian, the Bible says... That Christ took the penalty. The full wrath of God was poured on Jesus' body on that cross when he died and said, Father, today I breathe my last.
So next, Paul says that live as children of light. If you're a believer, if you believe in what Jesus has done, then man, live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, in righteousness, and truth. And find out what is pleasing to, to the Lord. This is the second point. So friends, we need more Christians in the world who are repping Christianity. <laughs> We have way too many people who are standing this celebrity. Hey, I stand this guy. I stand that guy. But we have few Christians who are saying, man, I stand Christ. And today, I'm here to say, Christian, wake up and start standing Christ. Start ripping Christ. You see, the Bible is clear that there's, clear, there's a clear distinction, a clear difference between those who believe in Jesus and those who don't on this earth. And I want you, as I, as, as I go through these distinctions, these distinctions obviously, are, 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 it's not all of them, but these are good distinctions for you to look at and say, man, is this true of me? If, if this is true of me, then I need to repent and come back to God. Now listen to these distinctions. The first one, he says, if we have fellowship with God while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. What, what, what John is saying in 1 John, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 1 verse 6 is you can't be a Christian and be comfortably living in sin. So I'm not saying that as a Christian you stop sinning. But what I am saying is as a Christian you won't be living in sin because you grieve and you mourn over your own sin because you understand that it's a sin against the most holy God whom you love. Secondly, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So to be blunt, what, what John is saying here is you can't say that you're a Christian, but you don't live by the Bible. You can't say that you're a Christian, but you're not being obedient to his commands. And where do you find his commands? In the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, you don't know his commands, and therefore you can't obey them. So friends, go back to reading the truth, to reading the Bible. Number three, he says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for darkness. So again, to put it bluntly, what 1 John chapter 2, verse 10 is saying is, you can't say that you're a Christian, but you're living in hate for your brother. You can't say that you love God whom you do not see, and yet you hate your brother whom you see. You see, if you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, then, then the result of that would be you loving your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, it is because you love God with all your being. Lastly, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So again, to put it bluntly, what 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 is saying is, you can't say that you're a Christian married to God and yet you are fat and sitting with the world. You can't. God wants you to be fully committed to Him. Love Him with all your being and hate the world, which is an enemy to God. So Paul goes on to say, for the fruit or the evidence of light consists in all goodness. So the evidence of you being a Christian will be in you doing good, in you keeping the moral standards of Scripture. It is also seen in righteousness, you possessing Christ-like character. And he also says it's also seen in truth. But you see, friends, when you talk about truth, is not just standing on the truth of the Bible, but believing it as true and living it out. And then he says, 
and find out what is pleasing the Lord. It's a lifelong pursuit of the mission of God. You see, the reality is you will never pursue the will of God by accident. You need to be intentional in growing in your knowledge of God. That when life cuts you, you will bleed God's word. You need to prioritize God once again, that, that your walk is a walk of integrity, that your walk is a walk of truth. So yes, there'll be times when you need to rebuke someone. Yes, there'll be times when you need to protest for the truth. Yes, there'll be times when you need to fight for the cause of Christ. But your life primarily, first and foremost, needs to proclaim the arguments of Scripture. Your life, the way you live, your conduct, needs to proclaim that you've been saved by a living God. So think about a torch. Your life is that torch. Wherever you are, you are shining light and exposing the darkness in this world. So don't get overwhelmed when you are starting to experience or see more of the darkened things in this world. Because you are light, you will see that which is dark. Expose it with the truths of Scripture. But never for a second put your torch away. Even for a second to, 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 to indulge in your guilty pleasures of sin. If your torch is starting to dim, then it means that your influence in this world is waning. Your influence for Christ is fading. Why? It's probably because you are not faithfully charging your batteries with Scripture. It means you are not faithfully charging your battery with good, godly community. It means that you are not faithfully charging your battery in worship. You're not faithfully charging your battery in service and sitting under good Bible preaching. Instead, you are being drained by the influence of this world. If you want to once again represent Christ, if you want to once again see your torch shining brightly, go back to the basics. Go back to the fundamentals. Go back to being faithful in reading the Bible. Go back to being faithful in worship. And I know right now it's awkward because you're worshiping on your laptop or on your TV screen and you're just singing alone and it sounds awkward because you can hear finally that your voice is whack. We are bimba. And now you're like, oh man, this is strange. But persevere, O oh saint. The time is coming where we will once again meet again. But don't stop sitting under the preaching of God's word. The Apostle Paul says, don't stop there. He says, and have, and this is our third point, and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. So don't get consumed with what's happening in the world. Don't let darkness overwhelm you to the point where you start joining, but rather recognize that your responsibility is to expose the deeds of darkness by the truths of Scripture and by the way you live. So the way you live, if it's contrary to scripture, even then you are exposing the darkness of this world because you are not living by its standard. He says, for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedience do in secret. You remember the list of statistics that I read above? I mean, even just coming to my mind now, there was a 90-year-old lady who was raped. Man, the deeds of darkness, the deeds of the disobedience are shameful even to mention. But he says, but everything exposed by light becomes visible. 
for it is light that makes everything visible. Friends, there is nothing that is done in secret. There is nothing that is done in darkness which, which will not be revealed by light. Because light has the power to penetrate. And Jesus is the light of the world. So this is a call for courage. The question is, what is courage? You see, courage is more than being a good person. Courage is seeking righteousness whereby you care, you love, and you pursue doing good for others. Courage is addressing wrongs in the fear of rejection. In the fear, it's, 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 it is addressing wrongs in the face of fear, sorry. It's addressing wrongs in, in the face of rejection, in the face uh, of, of, of even getting nothing in return. The reality is you need to be faithful in addressing wrongs no matter the circumstances. See, courage is not just being clean or innocent. It's doing right for yourself and for others. You see, the courageous person will not stand to see their brother or sister fall to sin. If you know that you have a friend who's always texting you about all the sinful things that they do, then your responsibility as a Christian, as a brother, is to rebuke them and say, Brother, repent and go back to God. Because if you are a courageous person, you will not stand to see godly principles being ignored. Stand for what is true. For you are to be courageous. You need self-control and endurance. You see, if you want to be a courageous person, you need to take grip of your own internal desires, of your own desires to sin. You see, the, the Bible talks about it in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1, that, hey, if your, brother, if your brother stumbles, you who is spiritual, go and rebuke him. But he also says that be careful lest you fall because you still have the sinful nature inside of you. So, so, so recognize that you could still be tempted by sin. So pray that God will give you strength to overcome your own sinful inclinations. But also pray that God will give you the power to endure, the power to persevere. Even when there's external pressures, you will still stand for truth and serve Him. Because friends, we are at war. And it's either you're winning over sin or sin is winning over you. But there is a war here and you have been enlisted as a Christian. So lastly, the last thing that Paul talks about is this is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You see, friends, it's easy to be complacent in this world. It's, it's easy to go with the flow. It's easy to accept the status quo. It's easy to snooze your Bible. It's easy to snooze sharing the gospel. It's easy to snooze pursuing the will of the Lord. It's easy to snooze fighting the advances of sin. Because you have been caught by the gravitational pull of this dead and sinful world. But friends, today I'm here to say, wake up! <laughs> God has sent you countless alarms to get your attention. Have you ever heard of COVID-19? Beep, beep, an alarm from God to say, wake up and start serving Jesus. Recognize that we've been consumed by everything in this world. We've been spending most of our time with the things of this world and we've been neglecting our responsibilities for God. Let's go back to serving Him. Get off the fence. Suit up. 
Get arm yourself with the gospel that is able to transform lives. Why? Because it is so much easier to expose the evil deeds while at the same time neglecting to provide the solution which is the gospel. Don't get consumed about talking about everything that's bad in this world because the truth is there's so much to talk about. But even as you see them, even as you talk about them, don't forget that you have the solution. Jesus Christ, the gospel which is able to transform lives. So if you profess Christianity, my question to you is, are you influencing others or is the world influencing you? Because the truth is, if you are a Christian, then you will have influence. Either your influence will be negative, where, where your stance for Christ will bring about tension, your stance for Christ will bring about conflicts, maybe even people cursing at you. Or your influence may be positive. You may see evil being restrained. You may see people asking good questions. You may even see your integrity being respected. You might even get some good godly friends. But the truth is, where Christianity is, there will be an influence. Why? Because God makes a difference. He makes a difference through you and me. Through His children who are to be who are to reflect His light and His love to the world. So to close, I want to close an illustration. I want you to think about a darkened room. This room is absolutely dark, and in fact, everything outside it is also dark because there's load shedding. And as you walk into this room, it's so dark that you can't even see your hand in front of your face. What's the first thing that you want to do? See, obviously, because we live in the 21st century, whether you own Estina, El Popotan, those uh, 100 Rand Nokias, or you own the latest iPhone or Samsung, truth is, you pull out your phone and you take out your torch, because all these phones have torches today. So your one light will brighten up a portion of that room. But I want you to imagine if five people joined you with their torches, 10 people, 15 people, 5,000 people, 5 million people, all came into this one room and were shining the lights and the torches. What's going to happen to the room? The room will brighten up. The room will lighten up substantially. That's the illustration I want us to think about this world. This world is extremely dark and you have your own torch. But imagine if you were shining your torch as bright as you can and you had all your friends shining this torch with you. Friends, the call is for you and for me to go out there and represent Christ. But if you don't believe, then you don't have a light to shine. Then you are part of the darkness in this world. And you will receive your due punishment when you die. You'll spend eternity in hell. So the challenge to you today is, won't you believe in Jesus Christ? Won't you believe that He saved your soul, that He took the full punishment of your sins? That you can no longer live in darkness, but you can live in life, that you can live in light. That when you die, you will not be dead or spend eternity in hell, but you will enjoy eternal life with God forever. If you're a Christian, won't you shine?